0: There and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name is Richard Byron, and joining me on the line again, as usual, this week is Peter Smith. Peter is the Yorkshire Evening Post chief rugby league writer, and it's fair to say he's had a busy week with events down at Headingley. Not only have they re-signed former fullback Zach Hardacre, but typically not long after we recorded last week's programme, they also appointed a new coach by the name of Smith perhaps not the one everyone was thinking of in Tony, but his nephew, Rowan, Peter.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting appointment, that one. It's probably not quite the appointment that a lot of fans were expecting. I think they were um, expecting and hoping for a bigger name, maybe somebody who's coached in the NRL or in Super League at the top level, been a head coach in those competitions, which Rowan hasn't. He's coached. Bradford Bulls for a season in 2016 and did did a pretty good job there when the club was in the midst of a financial crisis. Um, He's coached at assistant Level in Super League and at various NRL clubs Um, and of course he's the nephew of Tony Smith the OKR coach and um, son of Brian Smith who's coached various clubs in both hemispheres was at um, Bradford and Hull and had a fairly short spell in charge of Wakefield. Um steeped in rugby league. He's held various jobs in um in backroom teams, coached um he's done video analysis, he's um coached attack, coached defence, been assistant coach. He's comes in to leads from North's Devils, who are a Queensland Cup team, which is a pretty high standard over in Australia. They're the um defending champions in the Queensland Cup. Um, and he had something like a 66% win rate over um, about four years there. But um, over the last couple of years, it's, it's up something like 80% of wins. Um, so he's he's got a good background, a good record. This is a big job for him. We'll have to see how he handles it. But um, I've spoken to quite a number of people who've been coached by him in the past, and they all speak very highly of him. So you can never tell with these appointments. It's a case of wait and see what happens. But um, it certainly seems to be a good appointment by Leeds. I think he'll play a style of rugby that's attractive, um, good to watch, and he has a reputation for getting the best out of his players, which is what coaching is all about. Leeds have a talented squad. So if he can get them playing to the potential, um, I think it could be a good move.
0: Yeah, I was just watching the Super League Highlights programme earlier and uh, John Keir was on there and he described it as a left field move, but one that he thought was very good. He's obviously the current coach of Bradford Bulls, but you know, he'd spoken to people at the club who all spoke very highly of Rowan. I have to say, from my point of view, it was a big surprise and you pretty much summed up my feelings there in terms of I was expecting a name, as it were, uh, you know, more than likely from Australia, given... Gary Heddington's trip over there the other week. Uh, So when I saw that he'd been appointed, I did a quick Google. I recognised his name, but couldn't think which club he'd been at. To be honest, I thought it was Featherston, but saw it was at Bradford and remembered that he had had a good season there. And, you know, as John and yourself and others have pointed out, the only way to find out sometimes if these people can do a big job at a big club is to give them a chance. I know that Leeds are in a fairly perilous position by their own high standards at the moment. Uh, But you know, in Super League, we've seen teams can soon string together five or six wins and what seemed to be a crisis a couple of weeks ago, all of a sudden has everybody looking upwards and talking of getting into the playoffs and further again. So it will be interesting to see how it goes. And I think the fact that his uncle Tony resigned at Hull KR around about the same time uh, sent Twitter and uh, you know the great pine into meltdown, didn't it? And you kind of thought maybe Tony was coming in as some kind of director of rugby to support his nephew, but Rowan Smith seems to have made it quite clear that he's not looking to employ Tony. Although obviously Tony, former Leeds coach, spoke very highly of the club and the setup, and and, and told him to go for it, as you perhaps expect. So you know an interesting development. Uh, for Leeds, and uh, one of if they get right, you know, obviously it's great for the club, uh, you know, and, and for Rowan, you know, say you've got to give people a chance. And uh, you know, squad's young, it's talented, just need, seems to need a, a bit of direction. And as we spoke about last week, some discipline instilling back into it so they can, where possible, always have their strongest team on the field rather than sat in the stands through silly bands. Uh, Obviously all teams are going to get uh, injuries but the suspensions is something, as we've said several times, Leeds have had too many of this season and something they need to really cut down
1: on. I'm sure discipline will be one of the items at the top of his agenda. Um, He's certainly got a big job on his hands because Leeds are in a, as you said, difficult position, maybe not quite as perilous as it was this time last week, having beaten Toulouse last Friday Um, I think they are improving I think Jeremy Jones Buchanan has done a a decent job as interim coach he's um, had one win and a draw from five games which isn't spectacular but the spirit seems to be better Um, I think they're playing better than they were before he took over Um, the team probably are heading in the right direction and I think if, if Rowan can come in and add some polish to that and most importantly just get the players playing to their potential then Leeds should be fine this season. Um, Presumably, it'll take him a a bit of a while to get to grips with things, but I know he's been speaking to the players from his home in Queensland. He's um, waiting for his visa before he flies over. He's been watching footage. I think he's going to come over pretty well clued up as to what he's getting himself in for, what um, resources are at his disposal, what he needs to do to turn things around. I mean, Leeds is a huge club. It's... um, it's different to any other club in the game. There's a lot of expectation. Um, there'll be a lot of pressure on him, he'll be very much in the spotlight. But the members of the Smith family that I know and I've I've known Tony for a very long time, um and I knew Brian when he was at Bradford and and at Wakefield, and they don't like confidence. Um I think he'll he'll be um, I'm sure he'll have a lot of self-belief. He'll believe in his systems and his methods, um, and hopefully, he can get that across to the uh, to the players. I say he's absolutely steeped in rugby league with his family background. He's, I think, that probably gives him experiences which other coaches don't have. You know, with his dad being a coach at, at top level, um, particularly in the NRL, um, and I think. It, People have just got to get behind him and, and support him, whether he wanted a big name or not. Um, Rowan Smith is the man, and um, I think everybody associated with the club needs to back him and and wish him all the best. And I think potentially it could turn out to be a very smart appointment. Obviously, we will have to wait and see from Rowan's point of view. I would imagine coaching in the NRL as a head coach will be his... Um, his ultimate aim and he'll know that if he can do a good job with leads and, and turn things around from the, the way they are now and win some silverware then he's gonna um he's gonna do his chances no harm at all so it, it could work out well for um for both parties and i'm looking forward to seeing um, how leads responded from what people are telling me he is a, a different thinker on rugby league he, he has some um Ideas that are outside the box, that's an, an expression quite a few people have used. And um, and he does like to play attacking rugby, so that'll suit the Leeds style and what Leeds fans want. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to him getting started, which will probably not be for um, Friday's game against Hulk AR, but then there's a two-week break until Leeds go to Salford and I'd imagine
0: and expect that he'll be in charge for that one. Yeah, I saw a bit of the Leeds Toulouse, uh, you know. Obviously, they're just the highlights this week, weren't? Then uh, one note I sort of made while watching it was that Leeds looked far more up for it than they had in some of the previous games uh, during this recent slump. And they scored some good tries, and they looked very aggressive, and the defence looked a lot tighter. You could say, uh, fair enough, it was Toulouse bottom of the table, but. You know, both teams really needed to win and Leeds definitely did, especially given the fact that they'd appointed Rowan a couple of days before. You'd imagine another defeat or poor performance or narrow win against Toulouse, coupled with that appointment, would have had the naysayers out saying, well, they've appointed a rookie and, you know, they've got a rookie in charge and they don't really seem to know what they're doing. So I think it was important all round that they really did lay down a marker and get a win uh, against Toulouse and, and stop the rot. And as I say before, start looking up the right end of the table again, and one of those typical fixture quirks, isn't it, that Hull KR are next to heading Headingley on Friday, uh, given all that's gone on and the Smith connections etc. over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but you know, again, certainly you would expect Leeds to be competitive in. Uh, you know, obviously, you should probably argue that they should have beaten Hull uh, sorry, apologies, Huddersfield the week before. And you fancy a game against Hull KR who beat me my team Wakefield at the weekend to be another tight one. Uh, but I think, you know, things looking better now for Leeds than they were maybe a few weeks ago. And as you say, somebody somebody different with some different views and different ways the game should be played. Uh, it might take this season for it to get that message across, but, you know, then hit the ground again running next season.
1: Hull well, are okay, on their best run since... Um 2009. At the moment, they're in very good form, um, but they've got a Challenge Cup semi-final coming up eight days after the trip to um, to Headingley, and it'll be interesting to see if that affects Tony Smith's team selection for the um, for the Leeds game. I'm sure of the two matches they um, well, they have top six aspirations. Okay, I'm sure they'd rather um, they'd rather win the semi-final. Uh, so. You know, that, that might help Leeds a little bit. Leeds have got a lot of injury problems, though. Um, as it stood after the Toulouse game, I think they only had 16 available players, um, although, although that's changed a little bit since then. Um, and they're having to play young kids and people out of position, so it's it's not ideal. But I think Leeds have a chance of winning that uh, game against hulk Then Salford away. Um, After a two-week rest, um, they have a point to prove there, having lost um, at Salford a few weeks ago in the the game that cost um, Richard Agar his job. Leeds usually do quite well against Salford. I think they'd fancy the chances of winning that as well. Um, So it's maybe a a possible chance to get on a bit of a roll. And um, there's going to be a lot of interest in, in Friday's game. I think with Zach Hardaker making his second debut for Rhinos, not many players do that over the history of the Leeds club. There have been very few yeah. who've played for Leeds, left, gone and played for somebody else and then come back. Um, I think the hard signing is a bit controversial. My view is that it's a gamble well worth taking. Um, we all know that, that Zach has his moments off the field. Um, he's left a few clubs, including Leeds, under a bit of a cloud. But he's, he's a, a very good rugby league player. Leeds have problems in the outside backs. He can cover all the positions where they're short. Um, and he's a quality acquisition. Players of his ability don't come become available very often. So I think Leeds have done the right thing by signing him. Um, I think he'll be very good for them. I've, I've known Zach for 10 years or so, and I like him. I think he's a, a, a good character. Um, just has a tendency to do deaf things. Uh, and that's, that's cost him at yeah. times and cost some of his teams at times. But if he's switched on and he's playing well, then he's going to be a real threat um, for Leeds. And you look at that back line, if they get them all fit, it's it's pretty impressive. I don't know whether you go with Richard Myler or Jack Walker up fullback, but then you've got um, Newman and Hardacre in the centres and fussy Tour and Handley on the wings. That's That's pretty decent yeah. um that's certainly not yeah. a relegation backline. No. um I think he'll add, add to the team um it's a reflection of where they're at obviously they're they're in a pretty desperate situation desperate times call for desperate measures um they know what they're getting into by by um signing Zach he wanted to come back to Yorkshire having been at Wigan for um since 2018 He'll know it's his his last real chance at Super League, and I think certainly on a short term deal, I I just think it's um it's a, a gamble very much worth taking, and I think it'll pay off for um for Leeds. So I'm looking forward to seeing him back in blue and amber
0: again um, on Friday night against Hull Yeah, certainly. Uh, I don't think ultimately was a surprise that Zach ended up back at Headingley. Although you make the good point there. And I thought it myself at the time. I, I can't honestly remember many players going back to Leeds who've left during my lifetime. I'm sure I'm sure there obviously are and players who maybe went away to Australia or whatever and came back. But somebody as high profile as Zach in the Super League era, uh, where, he, he, as you say, he certainly left under a bit of a cloud, went to one of their arch rivals, then another one of their arch rivals. And somehow, probably typically of the Zach Hardaker story, he ends up back at Headingley. Um, you know, but you know, from an on the field point of view, as you say, if it comes off, then nobody obviously we wish well Zach well off the field and, and nobody takes the issues that he's had or personal issues lightly at all. Uh, that's not the point I'm saying, but ultimately, he's being signed to play rugby league, and if he can, uh, get his act together on and off the field, then I'm sure it'd be a great signing for Leeds. You know, we spoke about it last night, didn't we, and said that his versatility is one thing. He's also able to kick goals if there's ever a shortage in that area. He's obviously a very good attacking player and, and he's good with his defence too. And, uh, you know, in Leeds's current predicament, it, it would have been foolish of them to, to see him go to another club, whether that might be... I know he was linked with his first club, wasn't he, uh, originally? Featherston obviously spent a lot of money, very ambitious, almost building a Super League ready side in the Championship and you know, quite a few rumours saying he was going back there. But, uh, you know, it's good to see that he's staying in Super League and certainly a good signing for, uh, for Leeds. I was watching a bit of the Hulk KR Wakey highlights and the impact that Lachlan Coots had on Hulk AR this season and, you know, he's, again, after maybe a bit of a slow start finding his feet at a new club, Lachlan's really turning it on for Hulk AR now and, you know, my sort of fantasy pipe dream was imagine if Zach was doing that for Wakey, uh, you know, and he'd gone there. But ov- obviously that wasn't going to happen and, um, you know, you'd imagine as soon as he became available, Gary was on the phone to his representatives to try and sort something out and they have. Uh, so wish him well, you know, as I say, a player I admire as well. He's, he's done well wherever he's gone, uh, you know, from a rugby point of view. And ultimately that's what he's paid to do. Uh, so probably nailed on to have some kind of influence on the game on Friday night. Uh, just what quite that will be, we'll have to wait and see. And just looking at Wakefield for a minute, Peter, they really seem to have gone off the rails, don't they? You know, defensively in particular we chatted a few weeks ago uh, and even when Wakefield were losing earlier in the season they were kind of always in the game weren't they and their points difference was virtually zero uh, at, at one point even though they'd lost a few games uh, but their defence just seems to have fallen apart in recent weeks I know they've had the endeavours of Easter and they've probably not got the squad size of <clears throat> excuse me, some of the bigger clubs in the competition but it's disappointing how their season goes. I know, again, many times in the past, we've said Wakey are one of these teams who seem to win three or four, lose three or four, win three or four, Uh, but, you know, (laughs) once they get on that slide down, it's difficult to see how they can break out of it. And, uh, you know, again, on Thursday, sorry, they're playing Huddersfield, another team who seem to have lost a bit of form recently. I think they've lost three on the spin. So it's essential really that Wakefield can get back to winning ways against them, I feel. Uh, I still think they're probably okay ultimately as the season goes on, but it's always very alarming when a team, particularly of of Wakefield's squad size and so on, swings from being so good to so bad in such a short period of time. Um, So let's hope that Willie Poach and the guys can fix that up quickly.
1: Yeah, I th- they'll be they'll be fine. Wakefield, um, as you say, they never win and lose one. The record this season is they've had four defeats, four by four wins, and now they're on four defeats against them. Yeah. They do a win. <laughs> um, I don't see why they can't be. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've got a couple of um, couple of suspensions and, and aren't playing particularly well at the moment. Um, but yeah, overall they'll they'll be fine. They they need to get some points in the bank sooner rather than later or they'll they'll risk getting drawn back into a relegation fight, especially if Leeds are picking up. But um I think this weekend's a good opportunity to do it and Huddersfield have a cup semi final like Hull R do. In fact, against Hull R coming up the following weekend, so they might have an, an eye on that. So um I wouldn't be surprised if Wakefield win on Thursday night. Um be a tough one for castleford who are away at catalans um catalans forms been a bit mixed recently and Castle are, are going well opportunity to make it four straight wins in super league i think they're capable of doing it but it's always a, a big ass going there and um they're going back there and back in a day um coming on the back of the easter period it's going to be tough for them but um they don't have a game the following weekend, so they can throw everything at it. And um, the form they're in, you'd give them half a chance, but you'd probably expect Catalans um, to bounce back from their defeat against Hull um, the other day and probably win that one on on home soil.
0: Yeah, I saw some of the cast Saints game the other day. Obviously, Saints um, picked a, a youthful side, shall we say, but you know, for the first half hour, it was very even, wasn't it? <clears throat> Excuse me, I think Cass were only leading 4 0 after about 27 minutes. So, you know, the young Saints team, it wasn't the pushover they thought it would be. I and mean, Obviously, in the end, Castleford won fairly comfortably. And Jason Gary, Gary scored another superb try with his first touch of the game, uh, which set things going. But, you know, overall, that old cliche you can only beat what's in front of you. And Cass did that. And uh, they still look to be going. The right way. Uh, ultimately, it's, it's a squad game, isn't it? And Saints chose to rest some players, and I guess that's within. As long as it's within the rules, then there's not much that you can do about that. You know that they have the luxury of of a bit of a lead at the top, and you know they were willing to uh, sit some of their players out for a game and give some others a chance. And again, they probably argue, where else do you get experience if it's not in the first team? So, you know, an interesting. that was an interesting game. And as you say, Catalan's at home is always a tough fixture for teams from over here going over there. Uh, but I'm sure that Lee Radford, uh, as they go into this mini-break after this weekend, will be very happy with where Cassar are compared to the first few weeks of his reign. Uh, his message seems to be getting across and you know, Cass are winning more than they're losing, uh, despite the bad defeat in the cup. And... Uh, I think I think Catalans would probably probably win that one, uh, but I think probably a tight game. Just um,
1: just one last thing as while we finish off, just just um, as we're recording this, it's um, it's Tuesday afternoon, and um, just had a message to say that Bradford Bulls have parted company with John Keir by mutual consent. Um, a statement from Bradford saying that. Um quoting Bulls chairman Nigel Wood saying they'd like to thank John for his considerable efforts on behalf of this club over the last four years. Um, we met this morning, which would be Tuesday, and both agreed that it was in the club's best interest to make a change at this moment in time. Um, John Kears quoted in the statement as saying, having been at the Bulls for four and a half years, I feel that this movie is the best one In order to take the club forward, I've enjoyed my time at Bradford. And um like to thank all concerned. Um I think that's a shame for um for John Keir. Um not a shock. Bradford have obviously got high ambitions and they've been struggling a bit in the championship this year. they lost to um, Featherstone, Featherston, which everybody's been doing this year, um at home last night. But um I still think it's a, it's a shame for John. Um have put assistant coach Mark Dunning in interim charge for um, for the time being and um, say that they're now running a thorough recruitment process to identify their next head coach. Um, I don't know what John Keir will do from here on but um, he's been a fantastic servant for the game and uh, I wish him all the best.
0: Yeah, so I saw John on the Super League show at the weekend and uh, he spoke a lot of sense as usual on there I say with his comments regarding Rowan Smith and the game in general. Uh, I, I did wonder last night when just putting a little bit together on uh, Bradford Featherston how much longer he might have uh, given another defeat and I think Bradford were down in ninth in the table over the weekend. and as you say, for the club despite all its various issues over the years, that's not good enough uh, for a team hoping to one day get back into Super League that said uh, with all the different <laughs> obstacles that seem to have been placed in John's way over these years at Bradford he's certainly done a very good job you know he's kept a competitive team on the field in general and you know he's kept the Bradford name up there but uh, it's pretty hard to see what what else you can do really there you know the true fallen giant of the game but without the money and the players and and there's not much of that around in the game as we keep saying you know it's difficult to see a way back for Bradford uh you know as for John himself you know your first thoughts always (laughs) go back to him I'm sure he'll pop up somewhere else uh, whether that's in a kind of director of rugby role helping a a younger coach out or something in his own right Uh, but you'd imagine there'd be a club somewhere uh, keen to tap into his many years of expertise it'd be a shame If he was lost to the game unless of course he chose uh, this moment to step away from it uh, you know himself Uh, but uh, not really a a shame as you say but not really a surprise given how things have gone at bradford this season and just finally peter noticed over the weekend the leeds rhinos women's team uh, got to the challenge cup final which is part of a triple header at leeds united's ellen road ground a week on saturday um playing St Helens again, who beat them fairly comfortably in the 2021 grand final. Um, maybe something we can chat about next week a bit more when we look ahead to those games. Uh, but, you know, good to have some Yorkshire representatives in a final again.
1: Yeah, they've done, um, they've done very well getting to the final. It was a 10th semi-final against, um, against York. They'll have the hands full up against... Um, St. Helens, who nilled them in the grand final yep. last at the end of last year, but um, it's great to have a Leeds team in the final at Ellen Road, and it should be um, should be a good occasion. As I say we'll talk to um, we'll talk about that next week. But all the
0: best to the Leeds trainers, women. Indeed, and I think there, Peter, we'll uh, blow the hooter for another week. Thanks very much indeed for all your comments and insight as usual. Uh, interesting few weeks ahead, I think for certainly Wakefield and Leeds and uh, let's hope both clubs can turn it round for La Casa's example and get up the table again uh, but for now we'll leave it there just my usual weekly reminder that you can get the very latest Rugby League news from Peter's Twitter feed at Peter Smith Y-E-P, and the Yorkshire Evening Post website at yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk as well as the generic Twitter feed at YEP Sports Desk there's also Rugby league news on the Yorkshire Post website and at YP Sport 2. Uh, and obviously, you can get all the very latest news and sport on those channels as well. But for now, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.